Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's on Draft, the podcast where we each take five picks from a prompt we've written for movies, books, TV shows, or anything else in the universe. And you, the listener, tell us which set of picks you might accidentally pick up at a blockbuster thinking they're actually a much better set of picks. My name is Paul, and I am joined this evening by Cameron and Michael. Guys, how's it going? It's going well. I, uh, I, I came to the draft uh, uh, just about, I just got over here to my desk about 15 minutes ago after going and hauling uh, uh, 800 pounds of some uh, manure. You're a machine. You're so right. strong. So right. strong. That All at once, load. simultaneously, just... Uh, no, just bought a bunch of 40 pound bags of manure, had to drive all over Bentonville because, uh, places we were going kept being sold out. Finally had some success at Lowe's, but we're ready to get started on our vegetable garden. Okay. Oh, okay. That's cool. It's curious what you're going to do with all that manure, Paul. Yeah. You had an, ex- you were like waiting to explain yourself. Uh, I've just... I just am gonna put it in a pile and recreate the scene from Jurassic Park where they dig around in the dinosaur poop. And... <laughs> Might be a fun afternoon for the kids. <laughs> no. Uh, so what? You guys watched anything good lately? You've been? Uh... Yeah, I'll, I saw I saw that Kong Godzilla. I just had to, right? I'm like, I have the HBO. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be in theaters. Uh, you know, take advantage of it and watch it. Not good. Not good. <laughs> Not a fan. Um, I've seen both the new Godzillas. I've seen Kong Skull Island. I actually kind of like Kong Skull Island. I actually didn't mind the other two Godzillas, to be honest. Number one and two. Uh, you know, King of the Monsters and then the, the first remake there. So, But this one, just not really much of a... A movie there's some really kind of cool scenes during the fighting that was kind of cool there were some settings that were, were kind of cool they did go to a place in the earth that was kind of interesting but you know from a storytelling standpoint there's multiple groups of characters and you don't really understand really what they're invested in and they're just really people so that we don't feel like we're only watching monsters fight, but at this point, like, what's what, what, why are we kidding ourselves? So, was it wasn't a fan? Wasn't really sure how it connected to the other movies. It seems like loosely, if at all. So, I I might try and rewatch it sometime because I did kind of stop a couple times, but that's kind of the sign of a bad movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I haven't watched King of Monsters. I did enjoy Skull Island and the first Godzilla film, uh, but I remember the King of Monsters review were pretty mediocre and this one has not been getting better praise from what i have seen so your your experience seems to gel with uh most of the most of the critics that i've seen talking about it uh, so. i i uh, watched the first two episodes of invincible which is an animated show hmm. done mm-hmm. by uh, amazon that's kind of like if you took the boys and then mashed up uh mashed up like the venture bros with it um is kind of what you you'd get this show let me so i i read before right the cast of the um harley quinn show and the cast for this show is even more stacked 
So J.K. Simmons and Stephen Yoon are the the leads. Okay, so um, Glenn. And yeah, and it's done by Robert Kirkman. So there's a lot of Walking Dead alums in the oh. show. And J.K. Simmons is basically this world's Superman. And Stephen Yoon plays his son, who's just now developing his own powers, uh, similar to his dad. But the cast here, right, Sandra Oh, Stephen Yoon, J.K. Simmons, Zazie Beetz, uh, Andrew Rannells, Kevin Michael Richardson, Walton Goggins, Jillian Jacobs, Jason Manzukis, Chris Diamtopoulos, Zachary Quinto, Jeez. Uh, Mark Hamill, Mark Seth Rogen, Max Burkholder, Clancy Brown, Michael Dorn, right? Michael Dorf. Dorn, Ross Marquand, Marshall Ali, <laughs> yeah, John Ham. John Ham. This is like this is like Michael's uh, office draft. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. I, I yes. got it made into an animation. <laughs> uh, yeah, stacked cast, uh, enjoyable, pretty simple animation style. There's not a lot fancy going on with the animation. Uh, I like this when they it's, use it's, the monoline. Uh, yeah, it is very clean, very reminiscent of sort of a comic book page um, popping off. So it's it's good. Uh, Michael, if you watch it, you're going to want to avert your eyes in the very end of some episodes because there is an extreme amount of gore that oh, no. kind of sneaks up on you. I watched it I watched a commercial for it and I was thinking, huh. oh this looks cool. It's so, it's very it's very interesting. I don't want to describe a lot about the first two episodes because it's it's difficult to describe yeah, no uh, without spoiling kind of stuff. But it I, the characterization is very good. Um, the setup is very interesting. It, it does a good job building uh, some tension in some scenes that is, I think, hard to do in animation, right, compared to, to sort of live action film. And the action scenes are really cool, too. So the Steven Yoon's character, because he's like just developing his powers, uh, like he's just not good at controlling them. So he struggles to learn how to fly. And then even after he learns how to fly, he can't land so he just crashes and makes a big crater every time he needs to land uh somewhere from from flying around so it's got some uh some fun stuff some funny scenes but also uh will ramp up the seriousness very quickly but i yeah i enjoyed it um uh it's it's airing now so there's you know new episodes every friday and there are four episodes out currently so i'm definitely going to check out uh, well, and actually, now I guess there should be five since today's Friday. So I'm good, looking forward to checking out the next three episodes. Did you say what it was on? It's on Prime. Oh, okay. Yeah, Prime Original. On Prime, I think there's another season of The Expanse out as well. That's one of my favorite sci-fi shows. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I don't think I ever got deep into the second season. Uh, I think they're up to season five now. I think so, yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah, it's one that I it's on my list. I want to start it. I just haven't uh haven't had the time. There's a big old book if you want to read it. <laughs> and I think it's actually a pair of people that wrote it hmm. rather than just one person. So that's kind of interesting. A team. Mm-hmm. It was like a good team. There was a um fantasy series i read growing up uh by an author named uh david eddings and when they reprinted all the books 
he had them add his wife as a co-author on all of them because he oh. said she helped out with so many. So now all the if you buy current versions of the books, they all say David and Lee Eddings instead of just David Eddings, which I thought that was was a nice, nice yeah, touch. Yeah, that was nice of him. He must have done something wrong. <laughs> it's the author's equivalent of buying flowers. <laughs> I like The Expanse because it reminds me of a, a Robert uh, Heinlein novel who's a really interesting science fiction author. He did Starship Troopers, but he wrote a book called... Uh, I think the moon is a harsh mistress mistress or the um, the moon is the harsh mistress and uh, similar thing there's like a subset of people who are like on the the moon versus the people on the earth so it's kind of the same thing as as the expanse it's kind of interesting how sometimes stories um seem very similar even though written by different people uh you know produced out there by different people indeed in fact there is also a uh uh Am, uh, Asimov books with uh, Colony on the Moon as well. Uh, seems like we might have a situation of some some twin book series here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, always been so, a Harry Potter guy over Lord of the Rings, to be honest. Those two easily confused <laughs> sets of fiction. <laughs> uh, well, listeners, right, we are indeed talking about twins this evening uh cameron this was your topic idea here do you want to take the reins for the topic intro yeah i've always found it interesting that sometimes a movie comes out and there's another movie coming out like within the same year or roundabout that almost seems like the exact same story and it's like how is it that this is happening is somebody like competing to get the idea did somebody get screwed and they said well i'll go make the movie elsewhere and you know you could think of lots of some obvious ones olympus has fallen and white house down both movies about an attack on the white house literally came out within the the, the same six months uh and that is not a common movie that comes out often and i just find those types of movies so interesting and i really find interesting which one do you like better? So that's always been kind of a debate I like to have with people. Oh, you've seen that one? Did you like the other one? So the topic I was thinking about, let's take a group of these movie twins, as we call it, and draft the better movie as best we can uh, amongst the three of us. So we have a list of 18 pairs of movies that seem similar and we are going to draft which ones are better so that's the first part having a bit of a complex draft this time there's a second part your last three picks we're drafting six picks this time your last three have to be a leftover movie from a pair that somebody already picked so if that sounds confusing you're not alone had to explain it to michael at the top of the uh, during pre-production here. So if Paul drafts Olympus has fallen at the end of the draft, when we're on our last three picks, we have to all pick from the leftover movie, which would be white house down and whatever else is left over. Sounds confusing, but we'll have a nice break at the third round where we'll be able to level set and have a new draft board. We'll have a lot of visuals for you listening on the pod. <laughs> we'll describe the draft board, how it looks. But, well, what what we will do is post the list of films in the notes to this episode. So if you uh, would like to open it up and, and take a look before we get into the draft, 
right? You can just click the link in the episode description and check out uh, a Google Doc of all of the movies we're going to be drafting from this evening. Now, guys, I don't think it's worth it to name 39 movies to the listeners. So I think we just go in and if we talk about a movie, we talk about a movie. If we don't get to it, I think that's fine with the listeners. Yeah, we we if there's a I guess if there's a big name, we don't end up drafting. We can mention it like we would our alternates. But I think we'll have plenty of content here. So we have set the draft order. It's going to be Cameron up first, followed by me, and then Michael with the back-to-back picks. So we have flipped to the draft board from last week. Uh, so Cameron, as your topic, I'm I'm uh, interested to see if there was a pair of movies that really, you know, sticks in your mind and made you think of this, and maybe if that's where you're going to go with your pick. Yeah. Not really, to be honest. I'm, I, you know, I've been looking at this list for a while, and it's kind of all over the place. Sometimes both the movies are pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes both the movies are pretty bad. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like nobody got the uh, nobody got the story right. Nobody made a great film. So this is pretty tough. I'm gonna book this time because I need to look at the list now. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think there's. Right. There's two types of strategies here. One is to just try to grab the the best three movies you think are on the board for your initial three picks and then see where you're going after that. The other is to try to strategically grab the movies with the biggest gap between the two films. You know, I should have rephrased this. I did not. I didn't. I do not think it's required for you to wait for the last three picks to draft a leftover. Gotcha. Well, either, agree? I, I think you can grab a leftover whenever you want. Yeah, I'm fine yeah. with that. But I, either yeah. way, I think you could still strategically yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. try to leave the sort of dregs of the... Uh, I, I, Yeah, I agree. I'm going to have to cut that part that part of the explanation because I think you should be able to get a leftover like as soon as it's available if you want to. So uh, with that in mind, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, as the first drafter, leave a leftover out there that might be too attractive. So I want to make sure my first pick has a pretty bad movie on the, on the reciprocal end, which is easier said than done. Gosh, I think I'm going to go with one of my favorite Westerns. I'm going to go with 1993's Tombstone. With Kurt Russell, Tom, not Tom Selleck, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, uh, the the great Doc Holliday character played by Val Kilmer. Um, there's some other pretty big actors in here. Powers Booth, uh, one of those McLean actresses, I forget. But a, a great movie, a fun Western. I'm really disappointed that it's only at 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think this movie uh, aged really well into the the late 2000s. I haven't visited it in, in quite a few years, but I'm going to pick Tombstone, um, which will throw Wyatt Earp, Kevin Costner's Wyatt Earp, into the leftover list uh, for one of you to take. Pretty long film, pretty boring film in my opinion. I think it's definitely the lesser of the two. Uh, a very uncharismatic 
Kevin Costner playing Wyatt Earp against the Kurt Russell's Wyatt Earp in Tombstone. I, I think Kurt and, and and his whole cast did a much better job than than the other film. Tombstone, one of those films that I feel like comes up in conversation a lot. Um, I'm always seeing, uh, especially, it seems like one of those films that is on TV a lot and is a movie that people kind of stick on, right? So I'll see people be like, yeah, I saw Tombstone on TV today, so I just sat down and watched it all. Or um, underrated film sort of topics come up. There's always someone in the comments that's like, Tombstone is the greatest Western of all time. Like, uh, It's one that gets a lot of buzz, and especially for people who enjoy it, it, I feel like it's oftentimes in people's like top three to five films, right? Like if you see people kind of ranking uh, movies. So a solid, definitely a solid pick. I, I enjoy it um cast like you said is great so yeah it's a good one it's been years since i've watched this one too but it's you know one of those westerns that should be on everyone's watch list if, if they haven't seen it already yeah if you like modern westerns right sometimes there's a there's a deviation between your classic westerns your yeah. your, your john ford westerns and then more modern westerns the kind of late 80s to, to 90s mm-hmm. uh uh, to early 2000s. Uh, this is an essential modern Western uh, for anybody interested. All right, Paul. So I was quickest on the draw there with Tombstone. <laughs> so what do you got as your first pick? Yeah, I... Uh, there's a couple. So I, for me, I think my strategy here is I am going with trying to find one where I have the biggest gap in my own enjoyment of the two films. Uh, There's some pairings where I like both films a lot. So my hope is that uh, one of you will just select one of those films and I can try to get the, uh, get the leftover one down the line here. So uh, for me, um, and I, you know, I, there's one here where I think the gap in quality is potentially the largest of all the films, but I'm not as big a fan of the better one. So I'm not going to go with that one either. I am going to start with a film that we have talked about previously on the pod. Uh, we both, uh, Cameron, you and I, I think both mentioned it as our favorite Christopher Nolan film. So I am going with the prestige for this one, which is up against the illusionist. Uh, so I'm taking the prestige. I'm not going to get a lot into the prestige. Go back to our uh, Christopher Nolan episode. If you want our thoughts on that, uh, we all enjoy it a lot. We think it's got a lot of positives going for it. Great cast, great performances, great direction. Uh, as we said, right. My favorite Nolan film of the ones um, we were picking. And so uh, obviously I, I hold it in some high regard. I don't remember the illusionist being a bad film but that's also just because i don't remember it at all i've watched it i i remember i don't know literally nothing about it it's a neil Berger movie and i am not a huge fan of a lot of his stuff either so um just not really i guess my cup of tea i mean it's got a good cast the the illusionist does right it's got edward norton paul giamatti jessica beals it's got a good cast in it but um, from what I remember, it was a, a perfectly forgettable kind of love story with, uh, 
you know, illusion or magic kind of thrown in. But the prestige is one that stuck with me and that uh, I enjoy going back and watching again. And so because, again, of that gap in, you know, the enjoyment I have for the two films, I'm taking the prestige here. Yeah, I, I'm right with you. I had Prestige and Tombstone circled, so they were my one-two uh, if I ever had a chance to get them both, which I, I doubted I did. The reason I didn't go with Prestige is that I had I hadn't I have not seen The Illusionist, so I don't know. I love the Prestige like you. Great story, by the way, was one thing you mm-hmm. didn't say. Great story, but The Illusionist and The Prestige are only separated by three points on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Hmm. I think that's both that maybe they're giving the illusionist a little more credit and they're kind of undervaluing prestige. It's at 76%. It's pretty low in my opinion. Yeah. So, but so I haven't seen the illusionist, so I'm hoping maybe it's good. So if I get stuck with it, I don't think I'm going to be that upset, but we'll see. I feel like I've seen the illusionist. It's got Edward Norton, Paul Giamatti. I don't remember it either, Paul. If I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've watched it, but that, well, that it just shows didn't you that stick. the uh, that shows you that the magic worked. <laughs> I go. guess that was the goal. And uh, that was, as I think we've explained to the listeners before, if the memory don't jive, give, give it a five. five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the prestige. I feel like the ending was a surprise, and it works. So it, it is mm-hmm. the the more memorable of the two. And still enjoyable to rewatch, even knowing the ending, right? Oh, Some yeah. movies uh-huh. with a twist ending, not good the second time around, but the prestige holds up. Yep. I don't think I've seen it more than the one time in the theater. Oh, really? Really? Uh, it's very rewatchable yeah. in my opinion, yeah. It, it's one of the ones where they they successfully build up to the reveal, right? So you watch again and you pick out things you didn't notice the first time you're watching it. Um, and that kind of holds up where even with other uh, Christopher Nolan movies, right? I think sometimes they don't build quite as well if you've already seen it. Um, and so, you know, I, I still love watching Inception because of the action scenes and stuff. But I don't think the it, getting to the ending of Inception is not still as enjoyable as the first time I watched Inception. But the prestige, I find it just as enjoyable to rewatch. Agreed. I think that's a fair point. Yeah, the visuals sell Inception, but not necessarily the plot. Yeah. All right, Mike, you're up. All right. So for my one-two picks here, I think my strategy has to be to pick ones with the biggest disparity between the scores. So that those those other pairs end up on our, what'd you call the 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 leftovers the leftover list? Okay, so I gotta put some uh, put some good choices here on the leftover list. The, the, the not second... to be confused with the TV show The Leftovers, <laughs> which our our board is a twin of. If I was if I if I was trying to poke fun at my mom, I would call it the second son list. Because I oh. always tell them that you know I'm the second son. I'm not the. <laughs> so go ahead, Mike. What do you got? All right, Cameron, you're the quickest on the draw. I think I gotta be the quickest off the tarmac. <laughs> I'm taking flight here. I'm gonna show all my skills in the sky, and be called Top Gun. So the reason I'm going with this one. 
I mean, <laughs> I watched the trailer for Iron Eagle and it just does it looks yeah, let's it's, let's go. it's one of those cheesy 80 movies that should have gone straight to VHS. Yeah, let's let's go right into it, right? Top Gun 1986, quintessential film. I mean, great film? No, but I mean, great film for what it was in its time. Yeah. That's why they're, you know, making a a second, uh, yeah. second sequel here, whatever, 30 years later that I'm actually pretty excited to see. I mean, I'm excited to see any Tom Cruise movie, honestly, but a Top Gun, a Maverick. So that's interesting. But little known film from 1986 as well, Iron Eagle. I actually saw this movie as a kid. Um, and, you know, even as a kid, I was like, this isn't like a great movie. <laughs> uh, I think the best part about it is that Lou Gossett Jr. is like the flight instructor. Okay, Lou Gossett Jr., he plays that stereotypical kind of hard nose. He pretty much plays the character that he played in Officer and a Gentleman uh, as the drill sergeant. So, But a really kind of convoluted, not very realistic plot. The main character is actually like the pilot's son. Mm -hmm. The pilot mm -hmm. gets shot down, and this kid is like, I can take an F-16 and go rescue him. So he hijacks an F-16, and he goes, and then, you know, it's – it's not great. And they have a couple. Here's the weird thing. There's like two sequels. There's like Iron Eagle 2 and Iron Eagle 3, 4. There's four. Iron there Eagles. are four Iron Eagle movies. And it's, it's I, like, I saw... Why are there four Iron Eagles and one Top Gun? And and that's kind of why yes. when I was looking at this list. I was like, this one has to stay on the list because it's so absurd how there's four Iron Eagles and one Top Gun. So I think this is a fun. You game. know why? Huh? So I think Lewis Gossett Jr. is in all of them. Oh, he's just... <laughs> he, he's in the, he was in the four. Yeah, so that's probably why. Uh, one thing that I thought was funny reading the synopsis of it, the son has a baby driver sort of issue where he has to listen to music in order to fly well. That's right. He's always <laughs> he's always playing the cassette tape, and that's what really like makes him do better. Yeah, he, is... he flunked his flight school thing. <laughs> couldn't listen to music yeah it is i mean it is just so on the nose it's just kind of like you know no a great pilot i don't know i'm not a pilot but i would think it's somebody who understands the plane knows like how to react in the moment not like pumps up you know motley crew and just you know goes crazy in the air and that's when he's the best so well in the uh in the trailer at the end you know that it's a good movie when they advertise the music in the film and so that's what it ends with. It says featuring the music of Queen, Katrina, and the Waves, and Dio. <laughs> that's why I'm going to go see it for the music, man. Uh, based on the IMDb scores, uh, first film, 5.5 out of 10, 3.8, 3.7, 3.3. Man, 3.3. Pretty steady pretty, decline. Pretty low for IMDb. I mean, yeah, IMDb, IMDb will give anything a 10. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I'm to be I mean, everything hovers in that average range, you know, like yeah. five to seven, five to seven and a half. And it's like to get outside that is tough. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Well, all right. Yeah, this, I like it. Yeah, this was uh, if I didn't take the prestige, this was next on my list. Um, so I think the three films I looked at for the first round, we all took. So 
uh right i think we're we're right on track which also means that uh i'm not happy with any of the leftovers <laughs> so far, so we got to think about how this is going to be uh maybe advertised in an in a instagram maybe a movie poster some sort of all your movie characters kind of together uh, yeah we're just going to so, talk about the music from the the episode <laughs> so you know that it's would... a good episode man that would be fun to kind of just give a hint at the movies from the soundtracks. Yeah, not okay. all of them have a famous, a real famous. No, song, that's that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, the storm is increasing outside, Mike. So what are you going to what are you going to thunder in here with for your second round pick? Well, I'm going to go with a movie that's looking back with with our future knowledge now. Uh, I feel like it was predictive. It was, I guess, ahead of its time in what it was doing. And it didn't quite realize that people were going to be the ones filming themselves. So I'm going to pick a movie where someone was the star of his own show and he didn't quite realize it. He was never told, but uh, most popular show on television so uh you can thank it for the the line good afternoon good evening and good night i'm taking the truman show starring jim carrey and i really enjoyed this movie it's a, a really different performance from jim carrey uh given that it's in the 90s it's not like his performances in the mask and ace ventura uh, it's a little bit more serious role. Still funny, but uh, more heartfelt. And then its opponent in 1998, its twin, was Ed TV. And so that's one of those that falls in the less than memorable category for me. Uh, still not terrible scores, but the differentiation between the two. Uh, it's Truman Show is a full two points ahead of it on IMDb. And it's almost 30 points ahead of it on Rotten Tomatoes. So that was one of the biggest gaps. Yeah, I, I Truman Show, I was lukewarm on younger. I think it was just a bit much for me. But as I've watched it older, um, I really enjoy the, the that movie. I, and Ed TV, I remember it coming out. I remember not seeing it in the theater. And I remember seeing it in passing on TV. And it's a little bit more about the family dynamic. It's a little more of a, a, of a comedy setup, but then a family drama with mm -hmm. the, the main character and then his family. Cause he knows he's on a TV show and it's like, how does that kind of mess with his family? So uh, uh, like you said, not a bad score on the internet. looks like you got decent reviews, but compared to the Truman show as time goes on, I mean, this is just clearly the, the lesser of the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, when it around the time it came out, I feel like I watched the Truman Show multiple times at that point, but I can't remember the last time I've watched it. So I'd be interested to see how much of it sort of still holds up and is, you know, predictive. We've had movies like Idiocracy that just seem to be becoming more predictive as time goes on. So I'd be interested <laughs> to see how much uh, the Truman Show does, but. Um, uh, did, you know, uh, loved it at the time. And I love the, uh, the cinematography and the Truman show specifically, right? Like the way 
the ending is set against the exterior wall of the dome where he's set and it's got like the 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 sky painted background on that dome and he's kind of turning and speaking to someone who's trying to convince him not to leave the Truman show. And it's kind of like, he's just standing in the sky on the horizon and like talking up to God or something. Uh, I, I, that scene in particular sticks out from the movie um, to me. And the fact that they were able to use the premise of the movie as an excuse to do a lot of very obvious product placement in the movie oh, yeah. probably helped them make a little extra yeah, money good. as well. That's good. I, I like that scene too. Sometimes I, I, I catch the Truman show on and it's like, you kind of just want to get to that last scene because it's a great scene when Ed Harris is talking down to him as the producer or director. So I, I, I agree. Um, Hey, I'll cut this for time. Are we supposed to not draft the leftover that we created? Or what uh, do you think? I feel like that would see. I, I I had that question as well. I feel like that'd be weird if you did, or if that was a rule. I feel like that'd be weird if you if you had if you had both. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, that's the only reason. I think it would be weird if like you had. Two. Yeah, I agree. So I not a rule to make it tougher, but just to make it a little more better to understand for the listener, so that we're not actually drafting both movies. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Okay. Okay. That's cool. We'll just inform. We'll, we'll do that without having to mention it. All right. Cool, okay. cool. Cool. All right, Paul, you are up. Yeah, I am in a rough spot here uh, because all the ones I identified as the, uh, the best picks are clearly off the board. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had I had Truman Show in my top three also, so this is yeah. going according to plan, I think. Uh, man, okay. And one problem I'm having is uh, some of the movies that are left um, are uh, uh, I'm finding I I think I actually like the one that most people don't like. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so given. So you- the length of our list how many leftovers are leftovers are we going to have not 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 in our leftover list i mean how many pairs are we not going to pick nine pairs we'll have 18 movies left over oh goodness okay yeah. so there's plenty of meat on the bone so yeah, yeah. you can't yeah. you're not going to get everything on there so yeah yeah and that um again if i if I knew you all were going to take certain movies, I would be very happy to grab the leftover. I think I'm going to go with. Uh, mind you, mind you, you only have uh, you only have two, two more, more picks, right? Yeah. Michael only has one more pick to make before he's got to take a leftover. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I thought about maybe trying to go with a leftover here, just to see if that might shape out like the picks for me better down the line. But I just, I don't feel like taking a shot on any of these movies that are in the leftovers. So I'm going to go with the one. That's why they're leftovers. This is true. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, some of these pairs, I, um, I would be fine with the, whatever the leftover is going to be, but I'm going to go with the one that I think has the biggest discrepancy between the two films left in my opinion. So Mm -hmm. I am going to take a bug's life 
uh, which is up against ants here. Um, so A Bug's Life is uh, the Pixar film of the two. Um, so anytime you've got um, a Pixar film, you know it's going to be quality. Two that I haven't seen in a while, but I remember A Bug's Life just being like significantly better than ants. But funnily enough, the audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes agree with me. It's like 73% for A Bug's Life and uh, 52% on the audience score for Ants. But the critical tomato meter is at exactly 92% for both of them. I don't remember Ants being as well regarded. Uh, all right, Paul, I'm going to step in here, right? I think Ants is far superior to A Bug's Life. I I do. I think Ants is a great movie. And I, I think Bugs Life is good. Uh, I just think it's pretty subpar. I, I actually would put that like more in the mediocre range, in all honesty. I love Ants' cast and Ants' uh, kind of character, uh, characters, how they play off of each other. You know, I'm obviously not a big Woody Allen fan now with what's going on in the news, but he plays that Woody Allen character. Or they, I'm sorry. It's written as a Woody Allen S character. Um, and, and it's done pretty well. It's, it's pretty darn well. And I just think there's so many more inside jokes on ants that uh, I find really humorous. I think ants appeals to children, but there's a lot of adult humor in there. Like maybe a modern Pixar movie would have. And I just didn't really find that with the bugs life. Also, I was kind of insulted with the whole A Bug's Life. They only have four legs. You know, where ants, they had six. I don't know if that's much to hang your hat on. But anyway, before you you got into the whole, am I right, guys? Am I right? I wanted to stop you and say, yeah, I'm man. on the other side. Well, you you do have the matchup of Woody Allen versus Kevin Spacey with these two films. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but all right, well, I might have given you a leftover, but I am just not a fan of ants. So for me, um, uh, I I just I just found Bugs Life a, a lot more enjoyable. Um, so yeah, nominated for an Oscar, Bugs Life. It's got that going for it. Um, but yeah, I I found. Do you know what uh, category, Paul? Uh, I'm assuming, let me see. Um, it was a nominee for best music for Randy Newman's score. Hmm. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, and I just, uh, this era of Pixar, right? This is right after, uh, Toy Story. You've got like, again, like we just saw Randy Newman doing the score. So it's got that kind of vibe to it. Uh, good cast. Um, Dave Foley, Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, David Hyde Pierce, right? Got a lot of Dennis Leary, got a lot of people I enjoy a lot in the film. So, um, I've just always, uh, preferred the Pixar polish. I felt like a bug's life had over ants. So there are movies left on the list that I like a lot more than a bug's life. But again, just because I, I pray, I guess I just, I'm on the, the flip side of Cameron here in terms of where I rank the two films, I felt like I wanted to go with the bug's life. I got to throw in an office quote here. I am a huge Woody Allen fan, although I've only seen ants, but I'll tell you something. What I respect most about that man <laughs> is that when <laughs> he's going through that stuff from the press, that said ants was basically a ripoff of a bug's life. He stood true to his films, or at least the one I saw, which was ants. <laughs> That's a good quote. 
That is a good quote. Big Willie Allen fan. No, I've only seen it. That's a great joke. Oh, my goodness. Uh, All right. So, Michael, break the tie here. So, I don't remember finishing Ants. Ants animation to me is harder to look at. I would agree. Yeah. So, I don't know how the storyline holds up. Uh, I think Bugs A Bug's Life looks like it's geared toward children. There's a lot more color. Uh, like Paul says, a lot more polish. I think they actually use some shine on their CG mm-hmm. characters. Uh, Ants almost looks like the kind of diffuse shading that they use in Clone Wars. Yeah, good, good, good reference. Yeah, that, I would that kind of texture they've got. Yeah. So uh, I'll have to come back to that as an adult and watch it and see how it holds up. Okay, I'll tell you what, if we have ever a bet or something, you have to go watch both movies like in a week and then you got to come back and tell us who the definitive winners. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Cameron, that gives you a chance to to grab a leftover off the board then. Oh, boy. Yeah. What are your back to back picks here? I'm I'm not. I'm not going to pick ants because I want to be honest. If I'm thinking about this, I could just pick it at the end. I don't need to waste a pick now. (laughs) Uh, nice try though, Paul. <laughs> hey, you better pick this movie. Spice things up. That n- neither of us are gonna pick. Okay. You know what though? I probably would have fallen for it, Paul. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike. Mike's still hey, trying you're... to work out the the draft strategy when he was like, "Remember, when you could double steal in the uh, in the toy draft, and he stole it and I stole it back." Uh, the Barbie Dreamhouse. Yeah. Um, hey, that you know, was, you, that know, was you might my, have talked Mike into ants. That's yeah. true. Maybe I that did. was uh, my most fatal play <laughs> of all drafting. I was so sad because I had sold you so well. Uh, and then I just <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'll take it. Messed up. Um, okay. Gosh, this is getting tough. Mm-hmm. I know there's movies on here I want, but I want them for cheap. <laughs> I want them. I want them as leftovers. <laughs> I, I know that's the problem. I want to. I want to feel good about getting a good leftover. Is the Guys, issue here? Yeah. If we're gonna have nine pairs of leftovers, is that right? That's we're gonna, uh, we're gonna have nine movies. Okay, nine movies. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're, they're gonna yeah, be bad. So, though. so far, <laughs> two of them are Iron Eagle and TV. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i mean ones that are not picked oh there will yeah. be 18 movies not picked yes yeah. that's that's what i mean there's gonna be a lot left yeah you're that's gonna true. be forced to take a movie over another movie that you want yeah that's what makes this such a powerful draft <laughs> oh man you know i'm gonna have to do it i just don't think i'm gonna get back to it mm, i hate to do it but it can't happen. I don't think I can. Gosh, I wish I could get in y'all's head. I don't know. Should I be ballsy? Let's do it. Emperor's New Groove. Take an Emperor's New Groove from 2000. Funny movie. Funny movie. I think David Spade and John Goodman, excellent pairing here. Uh, nice to see a Disney movie set in like the Americas, right? This is set in like Central America. I believe, or South America. So South America. kind of kind of a cool setting. Funny movie. This is one of the movies where if they put it on at school, like, you know, in, in 
middle school, it's kind of like, yes, all right, I, we can watch this. I, I remember one time they were like, do you want to watch Emperor's New Groove or or what was it, Goofy's Day Off or something like that? <laughs> and it was like, come on, are you serious? Did you just ask us that question? So Emperor's New Groove, great non-Pixar movie that uh, mm-hmm. is animated. You know, you don't really talk about much of those anymore lately. But uh, super funny movie. David Spade just nails it as a as a llama. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just hilarious. Some great physical comedy and some really some great tonal comedy from David Spade. He really knows how to play the 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 emperor uh, kind of high on himself, but stuck in a stuck in a, a body. He he can't get the recognition he deserves. So I'm going with Emperor's New Groove. The left over here is 2000's The Road to El Dorado, which I remember coming out. I remember seeing the previews, the rough storyline, but I never saw. So I don't know if y'all got anything on that one. Uh, I definitely like Emperor's New Groove better than the pair here. Uh, New Groove is... I- probably one of my top animated films if i was going to do like a top 10 animated films i think it would uh you know i'd have to sit down and think what the competition would be but at first guess i would say it'd probably make the top 10 um solid jokes solid uh voice acting and banter from the cast good um good kind of gags and a good you know a good moral behind the whole thing so uh, also good yeah good soundtrack as well so definitely a fan of emperor's new groove and I enjoyed the villains in it, Yzma and and Kronk. Kronk's mm-hmm. her helper. He's not really a villain, though. He's just her helper. Oh, but, Kronk's great. David Putty voice, from Seinfeld. Yes, voiced yeah. by Patrick Warburton. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. Putty. Yep. The tick. And then uh, I believe I believe Yzma is Eartha Kitt. Is that correct? I did not. I don't know. It sound, sounds like her. I don't know if it's someone playing to sound like her. It is yes, Eartha Kit. So then, the great uh, Eartha Kit. Yeah, and then John Goodman is Pacha. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah uh, one wrote, of the. Oh, I, I was just going to say, looking at the IMDb, uh, Emperor's New Groove does what I I like for animated films, which is you have the big names up top. But underneath the big names, it's a lot of professional voice actors and not just celebrities that you they brought in, right? Um, and even of the ones up top, John Goodman and Patrick Warburton have extensively done voice acting stuff mm-hmm. in other movies. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a, you know, we brought in this celebrity just to try to pitch the movie to audiences kind of thing. Um, it's it's picked for their uh, their skills. Doesn't Patrick Warburton voice a character with uh, Seth? Uh, like Family Guy or or oh, American McFarland. Dad, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, Joe Swanson, the That's police officer okay. in the wheelchair. Okay. Yep. Oh, you're right. I never noticed that. Yep. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does a lot of voice acting, uh, voice acting stuff. He's got uh, a great Richard Bros. B movie. Did he do uh, The Tick as well? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah, uh, he's a voice on Puppy Dog Pals, which is my niece's one of her favorite TV shows. So, shout out to Puppy Dog Pals. The Road to El Dorado. I think it was produced by 21st Century Fox. Is that correct? I'm not sure. The animation style is a little different from Disney. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit racier. Some some of the stuff mm-hmm. they do, the character designs. Um, 
it's similar to the Atlantis movie. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. So huh. it's 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 interesting. Have you seen it? I have. I'm trying to remember the plot exactly. I can't remember how it turns out. Well, you're gonna have to see it. Maybe it's a dream, have- DreamWorks. Sorry, it's a DreamWorks animation. I think we should all have to watch the leftovers that we pick, like within the next month. That would be fun. Very, well, maybe very, not- very plausible with the baby on the way. I'm sure I could yeah. say, "Sorry, uh, honey, I gotta go watch Ed TV real fast." Maybe. Hey, there's gonna be some late nights where the baby like won't be put down, but is not awake enough, and you're just stuck not doing anything but holding a baby. Okay, well, all right. There's a lot of TV watching in the early newborn stage. How about how about? Yeah, I don't know. We'll think about it later. Should have made some wagers earlier. One of my uh, fantasy pitchers just threw a no-hitter, the first ever Padre to throw a no-hitter. The the only team in the MLB that didn't have a no-hitter thrown. Uh, Joe Musgrove for the Padres. All right. 10Ks, nothing else. All right, Cameron, round three coming up. Oh here. boy, you guys are killing me. Killing me. Well, back to back picks. I, I think based on the fact that this movie has slipped so far, I have some inclination as to why. And so I if I am correct, then I really can't let it slip anymore. Uh, I just don't think I really wanted something to happen, but it's not gonna happen. So I, I gotta I gotta go for my win here. I'm gonna go with Saving Private Ryan in 1998. I'm going to take Spielberg's uh, quintessential war film, uh, usually up there in the top three war films of all time. Uh, Incredibly impactful opening sequence with the landing at Omaha Beach on D-Day. Tom Hanks, Matt Damon. I think that's pretty much it, but a powerful, powerful Barry Peppers in there. Tom Um, Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. So... Great movie. I remember my parents didn't even let me go see it when it came out. They thought I was too young. I got to watch it when we rented it a year later. I guess when you turn 10, you suddenly can watch things. I don't know. (laughs) So that's about the age I was too. And I remember eating pizza and then the beach scene and just that was not good. That was a terrible combo. This this is not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's It's a tough watch. No doubt about it. But uh, but it's a it's a great movie and I really just I could not I don't think I was going to get it back um, and to let Saving Private Ryan go past three rounds without me picking it I just don't think that would have been the smart move so I of course opened up Thin Red Line also from 1998 the lesser known war film in the Pacific I is it Iwo Jima or Guadalcanal I forget what it was but it's one of those battles by Terrence Malick who's a very mm-hmm. experimental director. So not clear narrative, not clear protagonist. Um, Things I've read is that it's a little more accurate to war in the sense that there's not a clear narrative. There's not a clear protagonist. Uh, So it strikes a little more of a realistic vibe versus the great film that Saving Private Ryan is. So um, it is definitely the, the stepchild to Saving Private Ryan. But uh, a good film nonetheless. Um, super fresh, eighty uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Yeah, I don't think there's much more that needs to be said about Saving Private Ryan. Again, it's one of those 
universally known and and unless you just don't like war movies you're gonna enjoy it right mm-hmm. so, yeah and it went on to spawn a band of brothers too mm-hmm. yeah which was yeah. equally awesome. equally as good mm-hmm. um you know for different reasons some of the same reasons yeah band of brothers was one i would just in college if i was like working on a paper or something i just throw band of brothers on in the background and uh I think I borrowed it from one of y'all when I was going through chemo. I was like, I'm stuck here at the house. Did one of you have, does one of you have it? Was it in like, I had like a big metal case. It was tin, yes. Yeah, Yeah, that was me. That was it. I borrowed it and I watched them all at my house, I remember. I was like, I need something to do to take, it takes like a whole day and a half because I have nothing to do. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I have I got nothing but leftovers from here on out. So, Paul, <laughs> well, I am going to be the first to grab a leftover off the board. Uh, specifically here, the reason I did not take Emperor's New Groove, even though I do enjoy it, is that I'm actually a fan of the Road to El Dorado as well. So, I thought uh, New Groove would be the one off the board. But uh, if I was getting leftovers, I would be perfectly happy with the road to El Dorado. So I'm going to go ahead and take that. Um, I, I enjoy specifically, I think the best part of the movie is Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh as the two main characters. Um, they have some quick-witted banter that goes back and forth. And um, I think that's probably the, the, cent- the good central part of the film. Uh, but also soundtrack by Elton John and then composition by Hans Zimmer. So you've got some heavy hitters on the the music in the film. And uh, I, um, uh, let's see, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of this weird middle ground where it's, it's, it's definitely one of those films that is slightly like colonial and problematic in that regard. Mm-hmm. Right. And that they mm-hmm. are going to this, ancient civilization they get mistaken as gods because they're they're two white people but the other conceit of the movie is that they're stowaways on uh cortez's ship and they're antagonizing cortez the entire time so uh there is the colonial aspect but it's not like um you know they're not like a john smith or something they're they're also actively messing with um the colonial powers at the time who are uh, uh, coming over to um, uh, to sort of take over the the uh, to take over Mexico at the time. So um, it's it's I'm just looking up some facts. It's apparently the only DreamWorks animation film to not recover its budget in all of all of DreamWorks. Oh, sounds like a bad pick. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, what a blow. <laughs> You hear that, listeners? I mean, there's there's a clear reason it's the leftover to Emperor's New Groove. Uh, New Groove is is a better film, but this is a film that I enjoy watching anytime it's on. I you know I'll stop and watch it uh, watch it from wherever I pick it up on. So perfectly happy to have this one in my collection. Paul, can you vaguely give away its ending? Can can you spoil it? Because I cannot remember how it ends. Uh, it is, um, I'm trying to think at the, um, I'm looking at the wiki to make sure I, I remember here. So I remember the two characters are in it for the gold and mm-hmm. then they see them start to just, just, uh, pitch the gold, right? They, they sacrifice it. Yes. Yes. O- yeah. Over the waterfall. 
Yes, I definitely remember that. They um sounds like an they, accurate representation of uh early Spanish colonialism. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is Cortez's army is bearing down El Dorado in an attempt to steal the gold. Uh-huh. And the two of them have used the fact that they like got integrated into El Dorado when they first arrived as a chance to get the gold. And then they realized that they had the opportunity to like run away with the gold, but they, uh, they've like come around and now they like all the people in El Dorado. And so at the end they're like, well, we could, we could just run off with the gold, but then Cortez is gonna like basically sack the city. And then I forget exactly what they do, but they do something with the gold that makes Cortez be like, oh, well, there's there's no reason for me to be here anymore. So Cortez leaves without like burning the city down, but they also don't get the gold um, uh, uh, because of that. So um, yeah, there is like the end where they decide to sacrifice the opportunity to get gold to save El Dorado, but I don't remember the exact particulars. White, white guy's the hero again. Just like I like it. Saving the day. How, how nice of them to to decide not or to the, to not steal the gold. <laughs> to not steal the gold and help save this civilization from other white people. Which I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think he, I think Cortez managed to cause enough problems. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think there was a net gain there, but uh, you know, whatever. All right, so first steal, uh, Road to El Dorado for Paul. Cameron's got Emperor's New Grooves. I feel good about that. All right, Michael, so you're up. You're going to go with a, uh, an original Man, pick here, or are you going to get a leftover? Looking at the originals, we are looking at the dregs. <laughs> this is not a good list right now. So I am going to actually draw from the leftover pile as well. I am going to take Thin Red Line. Terrence yeah. Malloy. Uh, this movie. Uh, if y'all have seen Tree of Life, another kind of non-linear narrative. Mike, why don't you, Mike? Slash non- Mike, why, why don't, Mike, why don't you start over? You really lost. We really lost you. Oh, it cut out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to take Thin Red Line. Terrence Malick is a really fantastic director, director, but uh, not always narrative or linear, and so. I enjoy his visuals and his scores that he puts to this film. Uh, the Tree of Life was one of those movies that actually caused me to sit quietly and just ponder what I had seen. Uh, Thin Red Line, I think you stated it earlier, it kind of captures what war's like. I feel like uh, the narrative, it's not trying to push one side really hard as being the better of the two. Uh, I think it shows you how many questions there are with war and uh, it's filmed beautifully. Yeah, so this is what I was alluding to. I really wanted to steal Thin Red Line as a leftover. That was kind of my goal going into the draft, but it just didn't, and I, I knew, I didn't know. I thought if I didn't pick either of them on my third round, that one of y'all would pick it and the other one would have stolen it before I even get back to pick either of them. So that yeah. was my fear. So yeah. I said, well, I got to take, take one while I can. Um, but I love Thin Red Line. Um, I, at times, I even would like to watch that more than Saving Private Ryan. 
I, I think if you're in the right mood, thin red line is really going to deliver uh, much better than, than saving private Ryan. Uh, like you said, it's, it's a little more about war as just the concept of war, very savage, very gruesome. So uh, a pretty powerful film. I feel like the, the European front gets a lot more film too. I feel, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does for sure. For sure. Yeah. Almost as critically, uh, as critically liked just basing off like Rotten Tomatoes at I and IMDb as Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan is just mm-hmm. like in the upper echelon of films that very few yeah, hit. It really so is, this, yeah. this has the, uh, uh, not the, the, the displeasure what am i thinking of um it has the the un, it's unfortunate right that it has to go up against uh the film it does in the pairings but if you hadn't taken it um i would have grabbed it when it circled back around to me as well so yeah i think a good a good leftover pick here this is one of those films where you wonder had it aired in a different year how it would have fared would mm-hmm. it have gone to the oscars and and racked up yeah, no, no nominations at all, uh, which seems really tough to believe. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and look at all the 1998 movies. I'm sure it was a good year, but that's a that's that's hard to believe. Uh, and and I think that's kind of the the undercurrent of this entire draft is some of these movies. They just you know I don't know if they were hard headed, but if you release it at a different time, maybe some of these lesser performing movies could have done better. Mm-hmm. I I feel like. Maybe the idea is if they hold off a year, then they're clearly the second. Yeah. And there's no way to say, oh, we had this idea at the same time. We both yeah. just made it. And You'd also, be- p- people will compare y- your movie to the other one. Like right. They, that's the base. So, oh, you didn't do this and they did that, you know. So you kind of have a hard time being unique or. Yeah. Unless you wanted to shelve it for years. Yeah. That, but that's, that's always. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about how that's costly. Great so. cast in Thin Red Line, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Caviezel, Ed, Ed, um, no, not Ed, Ed, what's his name? Woody Harrelson. I'm trying to think who else is in there. Nick Nolte is in there, being very mm-hmm. Nick Nolte esque. So, all right, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, back to back. So, here you go. It's all open for you. So, we've talked about this movie already. And we didn't have the best things to say about it. However, it's still a solid movie and it's rated well. So I got to put a little magic in my game and I'm going to take The Illusionist. It's scored 7.6 on uh, IMDb and 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. So very solid movie. Stars... Body, Fasul in it as well. So I think this is a great movie to add to my five, six picks. I like how you say it's a great movie after admitting you don't remember it. Okay, so again, <laughs> I mean, it has the potential. To it be, is yeah. Paul looking at what is left of the original picks. This is a great movie to add to my <laughs> list. <laughs> The ones left, I yeah. do not want. There's a lot of original picks left that I, uh, I would, I would, I enjoy. I'll say. 
Um, but some of these I've seen on Netflix, but man, I, I don't want them. I, I think definitely of the leftovers, uh, you this is one you want. <laughs> of, yeah, yeah. Of some of the ones that are left over. That too. And so I'm yeah, looking at yeah. the ones that you all have given me. Yeah. This is gonna be probably top tier. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Illusionist was definitely on on my radar after it fell to the leftovers. Uh, I haven't seen it, and I'm kind of interested in seeing it. I mean, I think the prestige is is better just based on what I've heard, including Paul. But you know, given a seventy whatever two percent on Rotten Tomato, I mean, it, it's not a bad movie. So I, I, I think it's a good pick. This is one of those that had it aired in a different year mm-hmm. wouldn't be probably compared to the prestige. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Just the fact that they both have magic. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of similarities, right? This one, a love story versus a suspense for the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just 19th century or early, yeah, late 19th century magician. I mean, it's just, you know, name name another film. Well, those those films. films are a dime a dozen. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm making one right now with my GoFundMe, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If I remembered anything about this movie, I would add to the discussion, but I, I don't. Sounds like a pretty bad pick. That's what I'm, I'm hearing from Paul. Now, this is a tangent, cut it, but how is the site not called Go Fund Yourself? Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you Mike, said that, that's what, that's what oh. I thought. And I was like, that's so much better. Go That's for yourself. spiteful projects. <laughs> it's a, you, you, okay, you, you I'm going to launch if, this thing. It's going to be stuff. <laughs> you donate if you really want to screw somebody over. Exactly. Like somebody it's will like, take all the money and go ruin somebody's life. Yeah, it can be like anti-legislation or something. You're like, go fund yourself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right, Paul, you're up with your fourth round pick here. Yeah, I am... Uh... I think I'm just going to go back to the leftovers here. Um, and I'm going to take Wyatt Earp off the board. Uh, not as good as Tombstone, not nearly as good as Tombstone, but solid cast. Um, I think the the thing with Wyatt Earp is that technically a lot of it is made very well, right? The direction is good. The cast is good. Um, where Where they failed was developing the story kind of coherently. So I think there's a lot of individual stuff in Wyatt Earp that is done well. Um, So if you're sort of watching something, especially compared to some of the other options, there are at least scenes and performances that you can take out of this one that's enjoyable. And, uh, you know, looking at the Rotten Tomatoes reviews here for Wyatt Earp, I'm just going to, I'm going to give the final word to uh, Tom Cassidy of Common Sense Media, who says uh, it gives it, it gives it a fresh and says, Long, violent retelling of Old West legend, semicolon, some drug use. So, I mean, what else do you want from a movie? Was he describing the movie or his experience his watching experience. the movie? I'm not sure, but uh, if, you're, if you don't want to see some drug use, then this one's not for you. This sounds more like a parent-guardian warning more than a review. <laughs> this sounds like what they tell you to look out for. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I'm assuming Common Sense. uh, Oh, yeah, Common Sense is one of those websites that, uh, like, tells you whether it's safe for families. Um, I'm I'm guessing it's one of the ones that breaks down, like, it has this many S words and this many B words. So we used to look at those when I was little, 
my parents would refer to them. But if you look at those write-ups, a lot of times they are so much more explicit than what occurs in the movie. And it's hilarious. And it's, it's like, okay, had I just read this, this is much naughtier, much worse than what's occurring in the film. Yeah. I, I mean, I've always been a huge Western fan. So I try to watch any Western, especially anything made post 1999. Um, just, just cause there's, there's, there's just thousands of Westerns from like the, 40s 50s 60s 70s so anytime there's a modern western it's, it's nice to watch and early on i really liked wyatt earp i think it's uh set design is a little bit better uh, it's costume design is a little bit better it seems like a more realistic western tombstone is a little bit more on the nose a little more uh kind of stagey but mm-hmm. man wyatt earp is a slog to get through it's like 250 i think is what it is and i mm-hmm. man it's it's probably true these characters and people in the west were not very charismatic but this is a movie and these characters are not very charismatic i mean kevin costner is playing wider up as this wider up is a brick wall that's like that's like the approach he's taking he's like i'm going to be just a brick wall and that's how i'm going to act um no passion uh, uh, uh anyway and it's kind of the same across the board uh Michael Madsen plays one of his brothers and very stoic as well. Um, the bad guys, it's hard keeping track of who the bad guys are. Whereas in Tombstone, you know, it's, it's uh, Johnny Ringo, you know, and Tombstone has a lot more lines, memorable lines. It's just not good. Uh, Dennis Quaid does okay as Doc Holliday. Not bad. Uh, it just doesn't compare to Val Kilmer's though. Um, it's a it's a good film if you like a modern western and you want to check it out at least once. It's probably worth a watch, but I, I seriously doubt you're going to go back to that well again. Yeah, the cast of Tombstone it seems like they had a blast filming that movie, and this one probably was uh, either a, a bunch of them just weren't enjoying it, or they all felt like I don't know. This is some big important movie that we need to you know, we need to go do, but they just weren't loose about it at mm-hmm. all. But yeah, uh, definitely would rather be on the set of Tombstone as well as watch Tombstone. But given the alternatives, I think this is a, a pretty good leftover to grab. Don't don't sleep on Iron Eagle, okay? It's the saving private Ryan of the 80s. <laughs> of the 80s. <laughs> so Cameron, you guessed the time on this one. You were short by 21 minutes. It's three hours and 11 minutes. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> Three hours, three, three hours, quarters, 11 minutes. three quarters of a Snyder cut. So, I, you know what? I wanted to guess like three or three plus, but I was like, surely nobody let Kevin Costner go out there and make a three hour Western. This is a Kevin Costner staple. So, have you all seen Open Range? Yeah, yeah, he's a huge another, Western guy. Well, but just another very long, slow uh, it's build. a burn, but that burn, see, the the, with- the finals. The, the final part of Open Range is awesome. It's got a great climax, a great battle at the end. But the thing with Open Range is that it's a very narrow setting. Yes. You know, yeah. limited yeah. characters. It works. Wired Up, he's, go, he's, he's all over the U.S. He's in different towns. He's in Dodge. He's in uh, Tombstone. You know, he's out in California. He meets Doc in Atlanta. There's characters all over the place. There's like... He, meet, he he studies under like three different sheriffs, you know, before he becomes like the town marshal. It's just, it's way too much. I mean, it's just, it's a bit, it's, it's not my cup of tea. Anywho, um, cut yeah, for okay. time here, but 
I think I realized why I wanted more first picks than second picks. You guys are going to be forced to draft a movie. I, I think by force here in a, in a second, I don't know. Uh, I think that's fine. Okay. Yeah. And we, I, cause we've still each got an original to take. At, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. just making sure. Okay. Yeah. So Cameron, you're up with back-to-back picks here and you have your originals. So there are three alternates left. You, you are now having to pick two of these. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a surprise here, but I'm going to just go ahead and lay, lay them out here. Let's go with ants and ed TV. I'm going to steer clear of iron Eagle. <laughs> I have a feeling you guys might try and stick it with me at the end, but, uh, I can't take it right now willingly. So let's go with uh, Ants and EdTV. We've talked about them already. Ants, I actually prefer to Bugs Life, so I'm happy with this pick. And EdTV, while not well-known, you know, I remember watching parts of it. It's a little more family drama. So I think with uh, some of the movies we have on the list right now, it's something fresh. It's not animated. It's not historical. It's kind of like current times, current setting um so a little more realistic so it might be a, a, breath, a breath of fresh air also also let's, let's talk about a early early pairing of the bromance that is matthew mcconaughey and woody harrelson right i mean an early pairing of those two later to go on and do true detective yeah yeah I'm- i i you know mcconaughey i enjoy in most things um it's i i don't remember the last time i watched ed tv either but i'm sure he gives a good performance and uh uh probably some enjoyable things in it i still have not seen true detective so that is that is on my list of things to watch yeah i also haven't i haven't watched it it's one that i'd uh like to have a good block of time dedicated to watching it so maybe something over the summer yeah man it's a it's tough it's 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 heavier than most shows mm-hmm. for sure. So uh, I think Breaking Bad is is a pretty heavy show, and and this I couldn't I couldn't binge True Detective. I just couldn't. It was too it was too mentally straining. So keep that in mind. Okay, so I I finished up my double pick here, Paul. Uh, you're gonna have to you can go Iron Eagle if you want it's on the board or you can you can make a pick yeah i uh i i figure i what i want to do is uh go ahead and take my last pick here uh because then michael will uh well actually if i if i if i do this i'm forcing michael to take iron eagle uh oh that's that is interesting true so my option here huh okay so my option is to either take iron eagle yeah or, huh. or give it to michael you have or to give it to michael and then michael would be basically giving me whatever leftover exactly paul no <laughs> no 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 by rule i can't take iron eagle because oh, it's twin is top gun he can't take that's iron true eagle. oh i have to take iron eagle well, yeah, but well, Michael wouldn't have a leftover here. to Michael wouldn't have a leftover to pick. I, I think for the purpose of this, I think you have ball, to pick you, your you, original. You have to pick an original. You can't pick. You're not. On, that's true. No, wait a second. Oh, wait, could, yeah, that's right. No, no, no. You could take Iron Eagle if you wanted, and you could pick an original. My, well, we know yeah, is that if, Michael Michael can't take Iron Eagle. That's all we know. 
Right. But what if I, if I were to take iron Eagle, Michael wouldn't have two picks to make. So I do have to take an original. Oh, yeah. no. Okay. Let's, let's dispel with the thought that you were going to draft iron Eagle. <laughs> okay. Let's just stop pretending like that was, I honestly, I, I considered it just as like a oh. schlocky, like, watch with a group of friends oh it is kind of film it, it is man when he hits which, that play on the cassette tape you know yeah. he's serious which i i enjoy movies that are that terrible and and if you're watching it as like a let's have a bunch of beers and watch a bad movie kind of movie then the fact that it does have a banging soundtrack is a, is a positive yeah. so but th- this this is why i was like i think we need more original picks in order to yeah. create a, a surplus cool. of leftovers to pick from. Uh, yeah, so we that's why yeah. I kind of like the five, the five round. Cause then there would have been leftover leftovers. Right. And, you know, you, yeah. Right, Michael right. would have surely had some picks and wouldn't have been like, there's not an option here. This is like in chess when it's not a checkmate, but it's a draw because the King, the King can't move, but you don't <laughs> get right, well, credit for cornering him. <laughs> Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we're too far into it to so to change course. So <laughs> no, let's let's, let's change it to nine dr- rounds. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If we do three rapid fire rounds, no conversation. <laughs> throw picks on the board. Okay. Uh, what we'll do is we'll get done with this, and then we'll do that at the very end, uh, and then we'll cut it if it's ugly. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with an original here. Um, this one. Yo, Michael, I might be throwing you a bone because this is, I think, the lesser received of the two films. Um, It's certainly not the one of the two to launch a franchise out of it, but I actually found this one much more enjoyable than the other one at the time that it came out. So I'm going to take White House Down, the Channing Tatum version of the hostage crisis at um, at the White House. Um, of the two, White House Down is the one that um, does not take itself nearly as seriously. It's just trying to be a fun action movie. You've got uh, Channing Tatum, who I enjoy. In in uh, Channing Tatum tends to be the most enjoyable thing in a lot of mo- a lot of otherwise bad movie, right? Like um, uh, Jupiter Ascending or something. He's he's pretty fun in. But uh, you have uh, Jamie Foxx as the president who gets into the action, has his own action scene. So the chemistry between uh, Channing and Jamie is a good one. And uh, I heard it described once as sort of like Die Hard, but set in the White House. And I agree with that, right? The, the tone of the movie is similar to Die Hard in that it's got good action scenes, but a light sense of humor and uh, sort of the uh, Channing Tatum achieves kind of that everyman feel that you get with Die Hard. Whereas when you're watching uh, Olympus Has Fallen, um, Gerard Butler just sort of seems like an action star, right? And not kind of like a fun action, everyday kind of guy um, like like Channing and uh, Bruce Willis achieve in their film. So I like White House Down a lot. Olympus has fallen is fine. Um, I, I, you know, if either of these was going to get a long franchise, I would have much rather it have been White House Down. But as a standalone fun action film, I like it a lot. And so uh, I like this pick better than some of the other ones on the board, just because this one is really uh, speaks to the twin movie phenomenon, right? Like it's literally like within months of each other. Um, so given that I felt like the, the movies deserve to be on the main draft board here, and I'm going to take the one that I like the best. 
So this is one that I haven't seen, and I don't think I've even seen Olympus Has Fallen, but I've seen London Has Fallen. <laughs> I've seen the second one you're, in that you're series. A, you're a weird dude, Michael. Weird. It was on Netflix. <laughs> I watched uh-huh. it one time. Um, so. I, I've seen them both. Uh, Paul, I think we just were great yin and yang. I prefer, <laughs> I prefer the Olympus Has Fallen. I, I enjoyed London Has Fallen as well. I just the 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 White House down the there is a little too cartoony at times, and I get sometimes movies try to take themselves too seriously, and I know you like a good more cheeky or tongue in cheek type of a uh, action movie at times, and there, I just remember scenes that I was like, I'm not I'm not into this, you know, limo driving around the front lawn with Jamie Fox rolling around on the back, and a bazooka falls out and then it falls back into the car and that's the comedy it's it just wasn't for me so i'm i'm more of a uh an olympus is falling kind of guy but uh you know that's that's why we do so well on a huge podcast nationally syndicated like this um you know we're not fox and friends we're more like um nba on tnt google me paul google me so, uh, I mean, in in multiple country, double digit countries tuning in at least one time. <laughs> double digit. Once on hey, you mostly said just one time. You would like uh, a series with White House down. What would they call that? Buckingham down. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are the follow ups, Paul? Just other other places going down. <laughs> yes. Every everywhere. Uh, no, the second is uh, White House Up, where they have placed the White House on a on a helicarrier to try to make it more more safe, and they're giving Channing Tatum a tour as the former uh, savior of the White House. And uh... <laughs> is that a formal title that he got bestowed as savior of the White House? I yes, like they gave him the key to the White House. Yeah. They think, took him think, to the helicarrier. I think right now Garth Brooks owns that, based on his. Uh performance at the inauguration <laughs> all right so michael you can uh you can go olympus has fallen or you can pick your own so how do we want to play this for the draft do we, do, do we want to try to play it like uh, we're going to finish in six rounds or do we go yeah, let's play it like we're going to finish in six rounds okay so, so you, why you, don't you just take olympus you're going to have to take olympus has fallen you're going to have yeah. to yeah, all right. so I'm, I'm good with that. We just talked about it. Uh, I don't think we have anything to add there. And, uh, you know, action star Gerard Butler. Yeah, he's, he's, he does a good job. Yep. And right. so now you get your last original film. Or okay. not, not original film. You get your last original pick. Yes, yeah. Yeah, the films don't necessarily predate each other. So this one is is <laughs> tricky because there are some where there's a pretty big disparity, but I'm with you, Paul. Uh, I don't always fall with those Rotten Tomato scores, so it's it's hard to lean toward one over the other. I think I'm going to pick a movie that you have called for a sequel. And uh, has to do with the Marshall Plan, mm-hmm. <laughs> Marshall Law. So I'm going to go with Air Force One. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Air Force One, classic Harrison Ford at peak. You know, on the nose, Harrison Ford. Yes, you, yes. you really you can't get better than this. This is this is this is where it needs to be. I still mm-hmm. think this is 
this is about as far as I can go, Paul, when it's like cheeky action. Um, but I think this is kind of it. This is exactly where you want to be. President, you know, taking taking it into his own hands. Harrison Ford, you know, horrible Russian accent by Gary Oldman. It's got everything. <laughs> it's got everything you want. How dare you disparage Gary Oldman? <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm gonna create a universe of uh, of imagined sequels that I that I'm creating here. So after uh, Harrison Ford kicks Gary Oldman off the plane in Air Force One, he lands on the new White House helicarrier, and he's also the villain of White House Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh my! Oh boy. This the the Valentine Cinematic Universe is taking steam as soon as I get the rights to any of these film properties. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean we we've talked about Air Force One before uh great film yeah but we probably haven't talked about your next pick uh, paul unless unless you're gonna go with iron eagle uh I, you know depending on what michael had had taken again i i would have gone with iron eagle as uh like a fun watch because you recognize what a terrible movie it is but uh i gotta go executive decision Yep. Um, another pick that I, you know, I like Air Force One better, but I I avoided it because if uh, executive decision became a leftover and I was assuming it would be the leftover of the two, I would be perfectly happy to have it on my list. So executive decision, um, Kurt Russell, uh, great, great Kurt Russell performance. As we've discussed, and I don't even remember what episode it came up, but as we've discussed before, Steven Seagal in it uh, uh, at the beginning, Great that Steven Seagal doesn't stick around because I would much rather have uh, have Kurt Russell um, and a bunch of other um, a, bother, a bunch of other great uh, actors filling in. Right, you got Halle Berry, John Leguizamo, Joe Morton, David Suchet. Uh, you got a All, lot, a lot of Oliver solid... Platt, who I think yeah. is a great actor. He's in there. Yeah, B.D. Wong is in it. B.D. So, Wong, that's right yeah, from that's... Uh, SVU. That's right. Yeah, yeah. so lots of good um lots of good uh just doesn't hit as well as air force one but has some good action scenes i particularly like when they're you know they come in and they're docking and they're transferring to the um to the other plane is is yeah. a great scene um so yeah good solid action movie glad to have it yeah i, I was with you 100 percent of the way paul i was hoping somebody would have grabbed air force one so i i would love to get executive decision on the cheap as a leftover pick a fun movie not quite as fun as air force one but I, I dare say it's pretty darn close i would i would say these movies are probably the closest any pairing is on this list um mm -hmm. not I, in ratings I, anyway there are some no, that are just, closer no not in ratings i'm talking about just like as far as the movies are similar your perception and, of them and, and, and they pull off the same kind of mm. uh result uh, for me personally, I, I just yeah. view them as very similar movies and, and they have the same impact. Um, if you know, so I, I think they're, they're great movies and that's, that's a, that's a pretty darn equitable leading actor, Russell, mm -hmm. uh, Russell, Kurt Russell and, uh, Harrison Ford. It doesn't get kind of level more than that. Right. Yep. Well, that leaves me with the gem iron <laughs> Eagle uh yeah lou gossett jr oscar award-winning lewis gossett jr so 
baby driver of the skies baby driver of the skies yeah i just remember that he he went to go save his dad and lugasset follows him so it's the two of them taking on like the i don't even know the saudi arabian uh or the 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 um Iraqi Air Force, and they they're doing fine, and Lugasit gets shot down, and then the kid saves the dad, but he lands and picks the dad up, and it's like, what is the enemy doing? While the one fighter pilot lands his plane and picks up his dad, like I I just don't get it. And then when they're flying back to like the base or whatever, some more Americans come and they're like, oh, we'll we'll take your lead. It's like this guy just stole a plane, and you're like. We'll follow. We're on your six. We got you. I mean, get out of here. But it's a great pick. Great pick, to be honest. Lots of good explosions from the trailer I watched. Yeah. Those those standard 1980s, plenty of TNT Plus explosions. Queen. Plus what? Plus Queen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Queen. A lot of great music. Best music of all the movies on here, for sure. <laughs> Way better than um, uh, Thin Red Line. That's for sure. Um I think What's, the second movie, like they just increase the number of kids stealing planes. Like it becomes like a squadron. It's kind of like, uh, what's it called? Red uh, Red Dawn. <laughs> it's kind of a knockoff of Red Dawn. Uh, it should just keep making movies and every movie they just double the number of kids. <laughs> so it's, you get to like Iron Eagle 10, it's just exponentially growing the amount of children. Iron Eagle Squadron. So David Suchet is also the villain in this one and oh, he's in both he's in executive and iron eagle that's right i recognized him guy. in the trailer i didn't I know love him good. yeah he's good so i love him he's an awesome actor he was in poirot yeah so if huh? you've ever watched the the masterpiece yep. yeah poirot he that's plays a, a great bad guy um outside one of, of the poirot, but one of the other podcasts i've referenced before do go on uh one of the hosts um, that uh, Poirot TV show when he was growing up was like his favorite. I love show. it. Like he would yes. just come get back from school in Australia and watch uh, watch David Suchet. So yeah, love that show. Okay, guys, what do you say we do a quick rundown of our picks? Mm-hmm. Um, tell everybody where to go vote, and then in lieu of alternates, we'll do a rapid fire off the rest of the board. Yep. Yeah. I like that. So Cameron, why don't you kick us off? All right. So uh, Cameron here. Hey, thanks for stopping by at Cameron's Blockbuster. I got your uh, pre-selected basket of six movies that you're going to watch this weekend. You're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to start off with a a fun Western tombstone and Kurt Russell. Then you're going to get kind of funny and you're going to enjoy a nice quirky Woody Allen and Ants. Great, great actors in there. Huge cast. Uh, then you're going to go for family drama. You're going to watch some Ed TV, young Matthew McConaughey, really showing off his acting skills. Um, then we're going to get super serious and you're going to watch some Saving Private Ryan. It's going to get dark uh, and then you're going to need to call it a night. Um, at, and then the next day on Sunday, guess what? You're going to have some laughs with Emperor's New Groove, funny movie, David Spade, John Goodman, great for the kids and the family. And then finally, as a joke, you get to watch Iron Eagle. And you get to decide whether this is a serious movie or not. And that's going to be a lot of fun. 
All right. Well, up right up the street at uh, at Paul Buster, you get no movies that are a joke, but you do get a lot of movies that are a ton of fun. You've got the prestige, great acting, uh, great direction, great story. One you're going to want to watch over and over again to try to pick up all the clues. You've got a Bugs Life classic Pixar from the Toy Story era. Randy Newman tickling the the keys on the piano there for the soundtrack. The Road to El Dorado, great fun. You got uh, a banter, rapid fire banter going back before Kevin Klein and, and Kenneth Branagh. Uh, then you got White House Down and Executive Decisions too. Just just great uh, action movies, despite the fact that White House Down is in the uh, in the 2010s. You know what? I feel like these both have the spirit of the 80s action movies living living well within them. And then uh, if you want a, a, something a little more serious, something to give a, a little bit uh, more prestige after you've watched The Prestige, you got Wyatt Earp with its its cast of uh, prestigious actors there. That's for when you're ready to go to bed and it rolls on for three hours and 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah, just, just crash at the, you've had, you've been jumping on the couch with all these other movies. You just tone it down, take a nice little snooze. That's like the third movie at the drive-in. <laughs> all right down at michael's movie palace <laughs> with my uh first picks here we've got the quintessential 1980s action movie top gun great soundtrack tom cruise uh, uh young his, you know top of his game playing a firefighter pilot and right, we're, we've got we're Jim Carrey. Okay. We'll, we'll start over. Do your whole list again. Yeah, you cut off during all of Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Down at Michael's Movie Palace, we've got a lot of action movies for you all for this weekend. And I hope you like the 80s. We've got some quintessential top, uh, Tom Cruise for you in Top Gun. And we've got Jim Carrey. Excellent performance here in a little bit more serious role in The Truman Show. Now we're going to move on to Harrison Ford at top of his game, uh, playing an excellent, excellent role <laughs> as the president of the United States on Air Force One. And then we're going to stick with the president here and watch Olympus Has Fallen. Again, uh, president's in danger, but uh, Gerard Butler is coming to the rescue. Then we're going to look at Terrence Malick's epic war movie, Thin Red Line. And then we will take it home with a little magic, a little romance in The Illusionist. The Illusionist, definitely the one of these things is not like the other film of your <laughs> collection here. You know, I wasn't trying to put together a, a genre list here, but we got a lot of got a lot of action. Uh, that's right. All right. Well, listeners, uh, you can vote and let us know which of these collections of six films you would be the most interested in watching. 
Uh, you can find links in the show notes to all of our social media pages. That's where you can log on and vote. Uh, you can also send us an email at what's on draft podcast at gmail.com. Let us know uh, whether you agree with our decisions. Maybe you think the alternate should have been, or the leftover should have been the one we took first for some of these films, right? Love to hear some differing opinions from ours uh, uh, in the, in the email. And the other thing you can do, um, give us that five-star review everywhere you're listening to this podcast that helps us get through the algorithm, get to more listeners. And, uh, you know what, you got a friend that's a movie buff. Maybe they, they debate themselves, which of these twin movies is the best one. Send a link to them, get them, give them to give it a listen. So, right. Typically we would jump into alternates, but we didn't uh, generate the list here ourselves. Um, rather Cameron put together this list of twin movies that we were drafting off of. So uh, we're going to, we're going to rapid fire here, take the movies that are still on the board off the board. Um, guys, I, uh, I, I say the best way to do this would be to just go in the draft order, but quickly um, all of us, stick with original picks first so do three original picks each and then each do three leftovers rapidly no commentary right uh just because that way we don't have to keep track of like what's a leftover and, and who generated the leftover or whatnot. yeah i i would agree i think uh in the spirit of cameron not getting stuck with the last leftover why don't we flip michael and cameron all right. Yeah. Can we do that? So I'm going to do just a little bit of that. All right. I'll that, stick uh, a little bit of flip, that. Flip, flip, snip, so, snap, snip. Uh, yeah. Let's do this rapid fire. We're talking like 10, 12 seconds a pick. All right. So Michael, you're up first then. Okay. Thomas Crown Affair. And I am for mine going to grab armageddon uh cameron let's go with i'm gonna go with rookie of the year all right cameron that puts you back up again then oh sorry uh i'm gonna go with uh centurion all right then for mine i will go with uh, i will go with friends with benefits and I will take Mortal Kombat. Then you get one more, Mike. And let's go with Volcano. Oof, we are getting rough now. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't kidding. <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, well, yeah, I've got I've got four to choose from, so I am gonna go. I'm gonna go knowing. Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me just quickly see who's in which Bond movie, so I know. Uh, Octopussy is Roger Moore, and Never Say Never Again is um, Connery. All right, uh, I'm gonna go Octopus. Yeah, I was what? gonna say Octopussy is the one that's officially a Bond movie. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Octopussy. Okay. All right, so those were that wraps up the pairings. So now uh, we get some rapid fire alternates off the board here. So Cameron, you're up with the first alternate. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Deep Impact. 
I am <laughs> I am gonna go with uh, <laughs> man. Uh, give me Dante's Peak. By the way, we all have to watch the very last round of whatever you pick. <laughs> all right, Mike. Is the list showing everything? Yes. It should be. One, two, yep. three, okay. four, five, okay. six, seven. Yeah. Okay. Michael just desperately wants something <laughs> I else. want something else. Yeah. Uh, so virtually identical scores here. No, no strings attached. We just a quick, real quick aside. I was trying to remember which of these two was which. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was talking with Elena, and we mixed up the cast. Right, like we put you oh, one male that. lead with one female lead yeah. backwards when we were uh, remembering. It's them. not the couple that's around now. It's not Kush, right. Uh, uh, right. And, and they were in the movies, opposite yeah. movies. Yeah. So no strings attached was Ashton Kutcher, and then Justin Timberlake was. Yeah. And Mike but, Mila Kunis. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. All right, and then you get you get your back to back alternate here. Okay. Hold on, I got um uh I'm gonna take never say never again. All right, I will go. I'll go a little big league. Uh okay, uh I'm gonna go. Let's go twenty twelve. Oh boy. Uh this is not good. You, so you have to choose Street Fighter or Entrapment, right? Yep. And I can choose them both. Yeah, either one, but those are you can't since you can't choose the Eagle. I can't choose the Eagle. Um yeah. God, they're both pretty bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Street Fighter is bad. I'm going to take Street Fighter. Entrapment oh, is just not a movie you ever need to watch a second time. Oh, I, man, I don't. Okay. So I don't know if Paul, I've watched it the first time. But my question is I, oh, oh, can oh, I wait, take I've anything take, but the Eagle? Yeah. You got, okay, so right. I've got to take Entrapment. Yeah, to make this work. All right. Well, I yeah. get entrapment. You've been entrapped, and I get the eagle. <laughs> uh, uh, I, Just like I'm, for the record, would like to say I did not agree to Cameron's stipulation that we watch the last round of films. <laughs> it was no verbal contract. Oh my goodness, that was kind of fun. We should have done the whole thing rapid fire. <laughs> It's a 10 minute podcast. All right. Next time we have a draft where there's a board, like we need to do like minute a pick, like go. Yeah. Any, any, uh, I don't know, out of those alternates, any quick comments you want to give? Um, I, I don't, I don't remember seeing knowing, but then I do remember that that is one where the actual world is destroyed right yes yes yeah. and so that's uh that's an interesting movie and it's got nick cage in it yeah I, and I, the ending is it's brutal <laughs> i'm i'm not sure that i watched it but i just remember not liking 2012 and i like nick cage so i thought hey you know what i'll go with that one 
So this one was one set where I didn't really feel like they were twins. They're both disaster movies into the world movies, but 2012 is just, it's more like your white house down kind of funny action comedy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they came out like in the same, like two months. Um, I actually, I was happy with deep impact. I actually think it's a decent movie. So I was happy to get yeah, that one. That was, well, yeah. Heard. It's good out of the two. I, I, Young I think Elijah Wood. Yeah, that's right. Lily Sobieski is in it too. And, uh, and Denise Crosby, uh, an older Tasha Yar from The Next Generation, mm-hmm. plays the mom. Yeah. I remember liking Rookie of the Year better than Little Big League, but that's Rotten Tomatoes disagrees at least. Uh, Paul, okay. I totally agree Paul. with you. I thought I liked Rookie of the Year better, and I didn't realize that there was such better reviews for Little Big League. I think but- I've watched Rookie of the Year again, and I still like it. Madeline and I watched the trailers for both of those, and the little big league looks awful. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was so cheap. Yeah, yeah it looks bad. But, you know, rookie of the year, it looks silly enough to be funny. It is. Yeah. It's it's better. It's better, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I've watched yeah, I've watched all the Bond films. I I I don't mind Never Say Never Again. It's starring a uh, very elderly sean connery as right. bond despite because... like what the the poster looks like the poster makes him look like a young bond again and <laughs> i was like i thought he was old in this one uh if i'm correct this is the one when i googled it the image of him playing the video game comes up is that this one or is it thunderball where he's playing the table video game and it uh shocks you I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember which one. But... I think there is an underwater battle in this one. I always that's Thunderball. Those. That's Thunderball. I thought Thunderball has like a, all the little divers. Okay. Um, the Eagle and um, Centurion, both about the Roman legion that got lost uh, in present day Britain. Hmm. Um, I've seen them both. I mixed them up. I don't even know which one's good or bad, but. One had, one had better reviews and has Michael Fassbender. The other one yeah, has, yeah. has uh, Channing Tatum. So I was like, okay, we'll go with that. I don't think I've seen either of them. I have so not I, either, Paul. Yeah, was not familiar enough to be able to draft one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like maybe like eight years ago, I was like anything that is like historical war movie. By historical, I mean like at least 200 years ago. I was like, I'm going to watch it. And especially if it's released in the US and these were. So I watched them both, but the Channing one, I remember the ending was pretty bad. So take that for what it's worth. So doing research for this draft, I looked up Centurion first, and I think it came out in 2010. Is that right? Which one? Centurion. It sounds right, yeah. So I was looking yep. for its, its twin, and mm-hmm. I just thought I had seen Iron Eagle as the twin, so I Googled that. And then it came up with the, the like, 80s this movie. And I was like, these two are not the same thing. What's going same, on here? Same producer, man. Same producer. It's a these modern not, day telling. These are not twins. Yeah, the Eagle is in 2011, but they were kind of around the same time. I mean, they're both about the same historical thing that happened. It's, yeah. It's like, what the heck, man? You got to imagine people are shopping these ideas around and then... And then, uh, Paul, you falling in love over there or what? What's the deal? I just, I was Googling Paul never just, say Paul never just, again. Paul, Paul just brought up this, <laughs> this stoic picture of a shirtless Sean Connery in, in, in overalls. overalls. 
Yeah. And he's I just was, staring at us, piercing <laughs> us with his eyes. I was just looking up never say never again to try and see what the action set pieces were. And this is uh that's uh, one that's of the a, images. I'll tell you that what, that's a that's an action up. set piece if I've ever saw one. It's just an old Sean Connery shirtless. And you know what? When we do the image preview on Instagram, I'm just putting that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think the last two here that oh, we haven't mentioned is uh, Dante's Peak and Volcano. Those are virtually the same movie. Volcano yeah. does have a little bit better reviews. Uh, I feel like the the Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan is the lesser of the two as far yeah. as action goes. Tommy Lee Jones is the lead in Volcano. It's a little Tommy, bit more serious. Tom, Tommy Lee Jones handles uh, movies like that a lot better, I would think, than yeah, yeah. I, I don't know Street Fighter. I could swore it was terrible, but rewatching it without remembering things might be kind of fun. Like, so I think the fir- the first yeah. rewatch will, will be manageable. Yeah. So it, it is real bad. Mortal Kombat is bad, but it has some entertaining stuff and is more true, at least to the source material, and has the one uh, that one kick ass song from the soundtrack that <laughs> makes it so it. i remember going to see street fighter uh i think i was what young. what what year did it come out uh it's early 94, 94. Yep. okay so i saw that in the theater down at the razorback that was the only place it was playing around here so we drove all the way down to to, to fayetteville to watch it and i just vividly remember that experience for some reason but interesting movie starring the the great jcvd uh john Paul van damme which he was uh supposed to be they wanted him for the mortal kombat movie because uh johnny cage in the mortal kombat movie is and the mortal kombat games is modeled after van damme Uh so they asked him to be in it and he was like no i don't want to be like that because johnny cage is like a uh um karate like tv guy that's stuck up and and Mm, super famous mm -hmm. and he's like no i don't want to be that self-referential so he did street fighter instead of mortal Kombat, and then when that bombed he eventually did jcvd where he just basically did the thing he wouldn't do for mortal Kombat. so i guess he learned his lesson but street fighter does have a good performance from uh raul julia in his his final movie i believe because he died in 94 and um was i I think he agreed to be bison in this movie uh because his kids were fans of the game and he knew he was uh dying and so he just Uh, wanted his kids to like have a movie they would enjoy watching with him in it sounds like the kids were jerks if they didn't like any of his movies so far to be honest yeah and then the last they weren't big uh adam's family fans i guess the last one here, Thomas Crown Affair, uh, the remake with again mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan and again mm-hmm. on the on the board, uh, Rene Russo, and then Entrapment, which I have seen, and I just vividly remember that it wasn't a good movie. Um, yeah, Bond heavy at the bottom here. We've got a couple of Conneries and a couple of Brosnans. Uh huh. Oh yeah. So. so, anywho, that was fun. All right. Uh, we'll decide if we need to scrap that for confusion reasons. Yeah, I don't know what what uh, what the purpose or how we want to market this. 
These like, are our two drafts. We could always, for this we draft. could always bonus episode it, but it's at the end, so people can yeah, people can just skip it. Well, I think that about does it. Um, we've we've gone through these various twin movies. So again, listeners, feel free to vote in, write in, let us know what you think. But thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of What's on Draft. And this has been another episode of What's on Draft. 